Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. Hey, good day, PCC. How are we? Uh, we are wrapping up our series called Imagine. And in wrapping up this series, uh, I want to just remind us of the couple weeks that have been before this. And we have looked at the external circumstances of life around us and how God uses that to get our attention, to make us aware of something that may be going on in and around our lives. You heard Brian share about the need for community and faith community and the accountability that it gives us. You just heard from Gary last week talking about how the spirit leads and guides us. The very spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead lives and dwells within us. And that Holy Spirit does this beautiful thing of confirmation as well as conviction. Now today we're looking at a really integral part of this Venn diagram, this idea of understanding God's will for our life. And it's this, the authority of God's word. Now, here's what today is about. Today is about how in your weekly rhythm, are you able to spend time in the scriptures, knowing the heart of Jesus as you seek his will for your life? Because here are some of the questions that I have gotten over the years of just being in ministry and around people is like, hey, is the Bible just a book of spiritual one-liners that helps me out in life? Hey, is it a complex dictionary about the theological attributes of God and just helps explain things? How does a first century written work affect a 21st century way of living? Now, all these questions are valid. And honestly, none of those are going to be answered today. But if you email me directly at the email you see on your screen, uh, I'm going to share with you a list of resources, videos, books that we as a pastoral staff would encourage you to spend some time looking at. And also, we'd love to be on that journey with you. Because today, what we are going to look at is how can we know God's will for our life by looking at the authority of the Bible, which means there's a part of us that says we've got to submit to what God has for his people. And what God has for his people, we've got to be willing to step back and say, where do I even start? And I don't know about you, but uh, I need to be reminded that Ikea has been closed for a while. So uh, I haven't had to put anything together through some simple instructions that tend to be complex. But Have you ever thought about that? Like when you open the Ikea box and you grab those instructions or you've ever been in a foreign environment and you look at a city map and you go, where do I even start? And in that, where do I even start? We're trying to create a map. We're trying to create, put a puzzle together. We're trying to be able to look at how we want to explore or complete something. Speaking of puzzles, uh, during Shelter in Place, our family decided that jigsaw puzzles would be fun. So we've shared some puzzles with other PCC families, bought some of ours. And I was super excited because um, one thing I love about puzzles is not looking at the picture. I actually love trying to put the puzzle together without the picture of what it's supposed to be to see if I can figure out patterns. And I was really excited when I got one puzzle put together in 30 days because on the box, it said three to four years. I felt I was like super ahead of the curve on that one. Some of you will get that joke in just a second. It's okay. But think about it, like, where do we start? Where do we start with Jesus? Where do we start with reading the scriptures? Today is about looking at our life in a weekly rhythm and say, man, where can I spend time knowing God's heart as I explore his will for my life? Because when paradigm shifts, perspective change. We're gonna come back to that. But when paradigm shift, perspective change. When we choose to cross that line of faith with Christ, everything changes. Uh, When we say, God, I give you my life and we take on yours, what we take on is all that he is about, his kingdom. We're actually called to live counterculture to the area around us. And in our current times, I've seen Christians really wrestle with what should I really process? 
And when we think about this, when we think about maturity, um, there's an illustration that if you're part of Epic or House, you'll probably recognize this because uh, we've used this before. But often when it comes to our relationship with Christ, there's, there's Jesus right here, represented by a cross, and then there's our lives. And often there's this idea that we can act and live a certain way in proximity to Jesus. However, if everything about our motive and heart is pointed away, are we really grown in maturity? But if, regardless if we're away from proximity, but everything in us is looking at Christ and saying, I wanna live for you. I wanna know your heart. I wanna know what you have for me. We would say that this person is probably showing more maturity than this person. So actually, before we go on, I want you to pause. And in your living room or wherever you're at, I want you to think about, are you in a spot that maybe lifestyle shows your proximity to Jesus, but your heart and your mind and your desire is pointing away? Or are you in a spot that's saying, man, I, I want to follow Christ. I want to know what he'd have for my, my life. I want to know his will. So just pause and think about that for a second. What was written down and we have in the Bible is directly from God's heart. It's directly from Jesus' heart. And it's really revealing what he is calling humanity to. And attention we live in the Western world is this idea of information and knowledge and control. And in the day and age of information, we can Google or YouTube or TikTok, and I know you've gone down that rabbit hole just like I did during Shelter in Place, to find any content out there. And in finding that, we want the answers. We want to know what's going to happen so we know what decision to make. And in knowing what decision to make, if you're like me, I've been in conversations where I've been sharing my life in Christ, and we see verses, and we see ideas of what Jesus could do to direct us and guide us, like Psalm 119, 105, that says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We see Proverbs 16, 1 and 3, it says, commit to Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. One of my favorite texts in all of scripture is Nehemiah 8.8. It says, they read from the book of the law and made it clear to them. We see these verses and we go, okay, but how? How does that work? How do I allow the Bible, how do I allow God's voice to direct my life? What does that look like for me to submit my life and say, God, what's your will for me? Now, in the Bible, 
there's a lot there. And today I want to look at 2 Timothy 3. So if you grab your Bible or grab your version app and go there, but I want to give you a little context. 2 Timothy is written in the New Testament. It's one of the 27 books or letters that we have. Now, in fact, most of the New Testament was written by a guy named Paul. Paul was a religious scholar. He was a theologian. He was a teacher. He was approved by the religious leaders in his role in that society. And he had this dynamic conversion. You can find it in the book of Acts with Jesus. And actually, Paul went on to write most of the New Testament. And 2 Timothy is written to a guy named Timothy, who was a leader of other followers of Jesus. What he's doing is he's helping a community know what is God calling them to. So 2 Timothy 3, verses 10 is where I'm going to start. Paul writes this. You, Timothy, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance. All my persecutions, sufferings, what kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. External circumstances can be highlighted right there. Verse 12, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's a whole message in of itself. But again, he's highlighting his external circumstances. Now he says, while evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you have learned it. Community of faith. Actually, that, that phrase there, from whom, is plural. It's not just one person, it's plural. It's the people that have formed Timothy, been impactful in his life. So he's got a community represented here. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I love what Paul highlights here. He highlights the fact that, look, how from infancy, and that's not just his birth, it's his spiritual birth. Like, as you've had this relationship with Jesus, what's been happening? That the scriptures can make you wise to understand what salvation is. Not only that, but all of Scripture, it's inspired, it's holy. It's actually spoken from Jesus himself to say it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant or person of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now let's be clear what Paul is saying. Paul is actually not taking the New Testament, which is 27 letters, writings of, the New Te of, the, of the, what we call the Bible, He's actually referring to the Old Testament. What Paul is doing is he's saying, Timothy, remember the story. Remember the account of God who has spoken into his people time and time and time again. Regardless of slavery, regardless of in poverty or in wealth, regardless of in good leadership or bad leadership, regardless of what's going on, remember what God has continually done. He has told his people that there is both this covenant will and a specific will that he's calling his people to. Paul is reminding Timothy to remind this body of believers that remember what Jesus has always been up to. Remember that from the beginning of this relationship with God, God is always calling his people to what's next. I got a question for you in a second, but before we, I ask it, there's a tension in some of you. 
there's a tension of going, man, could the Bible in of itself, even the things I don't understand, or maybe the things that I disagree with, could there be truth? And we would say, yes, we actually believe the Bible has authoritative, absolute truths. We also believe that we in a community together have to be willing to pause and go, God, what are you speaking to us on? And I know in the last few weeks of my own life and talking with friends that are both in uh, the African-American community as well as Hispanic community, as well as some of my Asian pastor friends of just going, hey, what is happening in your people? And they've gone, man, we've just been trying to go back to the text. We've been trying to go back to the scriptures and go, God, what are you calling us to be a part of right now? Because when paradigms shift, perspective changes. Here's my question for you. When was the last life moment that you just were forced to go, ah, the Bible is calling me to change. The Bible is calling me to transform. The Bible, which is God's voice, is calling me to rethink how I live. Think about that. Something about me is I really thoroughly enjoy hiking and camping and standing on the coast. Uh, I enjoy looking at God's creation, and one of the things I really love is binoculars. Um, I actually always keep a set with me. I have a little monocle that keeps in my backpack at all points and times because I'm always curious about what's out there. And I love hiking, camping, and I love standing on the coast because I love being able to grab binoculars and see far in a distance and have it brought right to me. I love being able to see just the details, intricacies that my normal eye cannot see. But you know what's true about binoculars? For me to have perspective of everything else going on is I've got to pull them away. I actually have to be able to zoom in to see what I want to see, but then I, for perspective, I've got to pull them away to see everything else around me. And I've often viewed scripture that way. Because for us to look ahead, again, we're in a series called Imagine God's Will for My Life. For me to imagine what God's calling me to, I need to look back to remind myself all that God has been up to. See, Jesus has continually reminded his people who he is, his character, his passion, his calling for them. Jesus has continually reminded him of all the promises that he has set and fulfilled. And when we look back and remind ourselves of all that God has done, we're able to say, there's some things that are going to stay constant. There's some things that are going to stay continual. 
Some of you are frustrated at life right now because you're trying to decide what you want to do for the quality of life you want to have. And you want to be able to make a decision around where your life's going. And the central part of that is you. See, when we pause and we look at scripture, the reason it's so vital is because we're not the key character Jesus is. And we're actually reminded to go, hey, Jesus, if you're up to something, where do I fit in that? That's a game-changing question. Jesus, if you're up to something, what's your will in it for me? That question changes our paradigm. That question begins to shift for us where our attention is. You've heard me say this a couple times now that when paradigm shift, perspective changes. See, a paradigm is a standard or a set of ideas. A paradigm is a specific way of looking at a certain concept. We see paradigms all over our life through business, science, technology, essentially everywhere. When new information and details are revealed into our current operating paradigms, a shift happens in how we would typically approach life. And when that shift happens, our perspective changes because a perspective is a way or outlook on how you see things. The evaluation of a particular situation or facts, especially through a specific point of view. When our point of view is influenced by the paradigm of how Jesus calls his people to live, When we cross that line of faith, we're crossing that line of faith to surrender all of us to Christ. That means that paradigm of how he calls us to live is going to shift how we want to live and it's going to change our perspective on the world. That means every topic we want to look at has got to come through this lens. I shared with you earlier that our family did puzzles and honestly, not looking at the end picture is really frustrating because you don't get to always see the patterns. You don't get to see where the little pieces end up needing to go. And essentially in scripture, what we do is we're able to look and see at what this big grand narrative that's all about Jesus and his kingdom and how we fit into that. For me personally, Mark 2 has been a spot that I've been reminded of. See, Mark chapter 2 is where Jesus confronts Matthew or Levi, the tax collector. And in confronting him, he actually calls him to a new way of live. He actually asks him to give up his way of means and living to come be a part of what he's doing. And that's building his kingdom, his church. It's reminding Matthew that your life has purpose outside of what you are doing currently. And the reason it's so beneficial and so impactful for me was I first read Mark chapter two when I was in college and really looking at God, where are you calling me? Are you calling me to step into a family business or are you calling me into another way of life? And there was just this simple nudge from the Holy Spirit, I believe, and other people in my life that I shared this with to say, hey, I wonder if God's calling me something. That's all it took was just that question, I wonder. And I was open enough to go, man, if God called me to something, what do I want my life to be about? I had no clue it'd be ministry, but I just was open to that. It was this moment like, oh, Jesus could actually call people to leave a certain pathway and trajectory and go, there's another way that you could do this. Another spot for me is Galatians chapter 5, which is also written by Paul. Galatians 5 is often recorded as the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit are these attributes and characteristics of people that live like Jesus. And it's an accountability piece for me. It's an accountability piece that when I go, oh, when I read that, I'm reminded that, oh, these are the same characteristics that Jesus has called people to since Adam and Eve in the creation narrative. That where there is love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, if I don't see those in my life, then then regardless of how I try to live for Jesus, am I really going there? 
those are some of the spots that for me, when I read the scripture, it's reminded that with the voice of the Holy Spirit and community of faith and external circumstances, they all mix together because the Bible is actually the guardrails that keeps everything else moving forward. So where do we begin? What's the instruction manual? What's the map? And as a community at PCC, we would say there's a few places that we would love for you to think about. Because again, today was about where do you find in your weekly rhythm an ability to spend time with Jesus to know his heart so you know his will for your life. That part's actually on you. You got to prioritize it. For me, it's like any other aspect of life that if I don't prioritize spending time in the scriptures, how can I prioritize knowing God's will for my life? Do I even want to know that? So that part's on you. The part that's on us as a community to assist and walk with you are a couple key things. Uh, the first is the version app that goes with every Sunday. There's always notes that you can take and, and look at, but there's also what we have called Beyond Sunday. It's actually a way that you can spend time reflecting throughout the week. And not everybody's in, uh, like interpersonal in that reflection, but it's just a way to remind yourself of going, God, what are you calling me to? Another part of it is a really healthy Bible study method called DBS. And when you read, what does it look like for you to see what the passage says about Jesus, the passage says about you, and the passage says about you living for Jesus? Another thing, and being a part of family ministry, this is a big part of our heart, is um, Monica Boudreaux, our children's director, has been creating these table talks. What it does is it gives you as a family a chance to just go, hey, let's talk about the message. Let's talk about what's in the Bible. There's some healthy prompts in there. And in fact, if you're part of our weekly email, there's always these connection pieces for families of how can this become a habit? Because parents, I will tell you this, if you don't model it and you don't model the habit, your kids probably won't naturally pick it up. One of the last things that we would say is this, you gotta be together in community. It's one of the reasons you hear us talk so much about circles are better than rows. One of Gary's favorite quotes is that the spirit of God is gonna reveal the work of God in you. And when it's in you, it now moves through you. So as we wrap up the series on Imagine, just remember these four things are super vital. They're vital, especially in the times that we're in. Because one of the things that I think followers of Jesus should be doing right now is when it comes to uh, racial conversations, political conversations, social conversations, neighborhood conversations, is going, hey God, where can I shine your kingdom on all of this? There tends to be more questions than answers, and that's where we as a community need one another. So we're thankful that you're here today, and I want to pray for you, and specifically maybe for you that have never really taken that step of faith, and maybe it's because of your unfamiliarity with the Bible. You wouldn't be the first that I've had that conversation with, but in that step of faith, here's what I can tell you. There's another place in my life that I've seen the promise of God fulfilled over and over and over again. And even if you're in the spot going, man, I don't even know where to start with the Bible, reach out to your pastoral staff. We'd love to just help you with that. But let me pray for you. Jesus, in who you are, you are truth. And in what you call us to is your kingdom. And Jesus, that's revealed from Genesis to Revelation over and over and over again. You're the central character of your own story. But you invite us to play a unique and specific role in that. So Jesus, here's what I would ask today. I would ask that in light of the series we've been in and where we're going, that you would allow us to see how your voice 
the community of faith we're part of, the external circumstances we're in, are all kept in check with the guardrails of what scripture is, and that is you, a reflection of your heart and character. So we love you, Jesus. Thanks for today. And we look forward to seeing how you're going to use PCC to be a part of your kingdom here in the local peninsula of San Francisco. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.